prophetic word with things that get fulfilled so that we'd come back and say wait if you got that right what else do you understand that I don't understand and will you please fill me in so God authenticates his message by saying look I'm going to show you some things that are going to happen before they happen so that you know that I know what's going on and you will show up to learn it's powerful that this was not written after Jesus but this was written 600 years before When you're buying something valuable, you want to know that it's the real deal. You want an authentic item, not an imitation. Well, on today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel explains that God wants you to be able to trust that what the Bible says is true. He authenticated his word by including prophecies with details that can be proven and verified. As you see that these passages are accurate, maybe you want to learn more. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Isaiah chapter 9 as he begins his message, The Gift. So on behalf of the Crossroads staff and family, we wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And so we're going to be doing our Christmas series that we call Jesus at street level. I had someone ask me recently, so Pastor Daniel, what's up with the Jesus at street level thing? And I said, well, listen, that's one of the ways that you can translate what it talks about in John chapter one, where it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That speaks of the incarnation, the taking on of flesh of the son of God to come into the world And if you think about it, that's exactly the message of Christianity. It's that Jesus comes to meet people like you and I at street level, right where we find ourselves. And I don't know about you, but that's extraordinarily encouraging, isn't it? That no matter where you find yourself today, I don't know where you are today, I don't know what's going on in your world But what I do know is that God wants to meet you right where you are. God doesn't say, listen, you need to get over here and then I'll meet with you. No, God says, look, I'm going to come and I'm going to meet you right at whatever street level looks like for you. And many of us have experienced that. And that is essentially what the Christmas season is all about. It's the time that we celebrate God taking on flesh. God meeting us at street level. And it's amazing. Uh, about six weeks ago when we began praying through this series, what we were going to do, because as a church, every year you do a Christmas series. It's just part of it. And I remember being like, Lord, what do you want us to talk about here at Crossroads for Christmas? And I just got the sense so strongly in my heart that the Lord wanted us to keep it really simple. The simple message of Christmas. And what I've been realizing is that the Christmas season for many of us has become extraordinarily complicated. It's a complex time. For many of us, we're out and about 
shopping to buy gifts, but then you start thinking about that you're going to have to pay for all those gifts. Like come the end of December, the beginning of January, the credit card bill is going to come, and you're like, how am I going to pay for this? And listen, Lynn and I, we drove by the mall the other day, and I got stressed out. You can just kind of feel the, the pressure. And then, of course, they have all the inevitabilities of there's so many things to do because there's a Christmas party here and there's the work party and there's this thing and that thing. Or there's the where are all my invites for the Christmas parties? And then for some of you, all of the complicated realities of your families starts to pop up for Christmas time because you know you're going to see them. Like I've had people be like, Pastor Jen, you need to pray me up. I'm going to see my family. It's going to take every bit of energy not to kill somebody this Christmas. And many of us know what it's like. It's, this is one of those times when it's supposed to be simple and beautiful, but it's very, very complicated. Statistically, suicide rates are on the rise during the holidays. Rates of people feeling lonely and depressed are on the rise because the holidays are supposed to be this big, joyous time, and there's all these issues and divisions and all these problems. And so it's amazing that what is meant to be a very simple and specific time in our culture has gotten extraordinarily complicated. Not to mention for many of us, the end of the year for your jobs and you have to meet quotas and are we going to make enough money and all of the stores that they're trying to get us to buy all this stuff, they need to make their numbers so that they have, and it's What is meant to be a super simple time is not simple at all anymore. And so our hope is that what goes on here at Crossroads would, in the midst of great complexity, we would focus on the simplicity of the Christmas message. The simplicity of the message. So with that, I want you to open up in your Bibles to the prophet Isaiah chapter 9. As we fo- we're going to focus on two verses, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. So listen, if you ha- brought your Bible, and I hope that you did, I want you to take it out. I want you to open Isaiah chapter 9, and we want you to literally open up to the book of Isaiah. We want you to read along. If you're part of our online audience, we welcome you. Make sure you open up another tab or another window on your browser, because if you go to put in Isaiah 9, you're going to lose it. You have to come find us again. So make sure you open up a new tab, type in Isaiah chapter 9. If you're new to the Bible, it's very easy to find the prophet Isaiah because Isaiah is the second largest book in your Bible. The first largest book is the book of Psalms. It's about 150 different songs. And so if you're flipping through, it's easy to find the Psalms. Just a few books to the right is the second longest book, which is the prophet Isaiah. It's 66 chapters. So it's, even if you're just flipping around aimlessly, you're going to find either Psalms, if you find Psalms, just a few books to the right, or you'll find Isaiah. And just as a, a little early Christmas present from me to you, chapter 9 is between chapters 8 and 10. So don't ever say I never gave you a Christmas present. Right there, chapter 9. And literally, we're going to focus on two verses, verses 6 and seven. So we're going to be focusing down on verse six. We're going to focus on the gift. Before I read this, because we're taking two verses, I want to encourage you to memorize these verses. I want to encourage memorize these verses. It's not hard. If you can write it on an index card and stick it in your pocket as you go through your day, just pull it on out and read it. You'll find you memorize it very quickly. If you're more uh, technologically inclined, you can just text the scripture to yourself. 
And instead of just checking whatever it is that you check on your phone, just open it up and read it and get used to it. Because memorizing scripture is a very important thing for us as followers of Jesus for a couple reasons. One, because there's nothing quite like praying God's word back to him. Isn't it true? When you say, God, your word says this, will you do this in our midst? Your word tells us. And if you've been traveling with us on Wednesday evenings through the Old Testament, we've been seeing Moses doing that. Moses saying, Lord, don't do that because your word tells us this and everybody knows this and you have to act this way. So you want to learn the scripture and have it in your heart so that you can pray it back to God. And secondly, the scriptures are a great way to keep us from making fools of ourselves. I call those fighter verses. It's like when you go to do something and all of a sudden a scripture pops in your head and you're like, I probably shouldn't do that. Like, I'll give you a personal example. Because as you guys probably know, if you've been at Crosses, I like to talk. But sure enough, I memorized in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And sometimes I go to say something and I'll hear that verse in my heart. Because God's word keeps us from doing what comes naturally that we really don't want to come naturally anyway. Like things like where, where Jesus will say, love your enemies, and you're just like, and it keeps you from making a fool of yourself. And so you and I need God's word to recall effortlessly in our hearts because it will help us be the people God has called us to be. So I want you to memorize these verses. I'm here to tell you, they're not hard to memorize. You could ask any child who goes to Cornerstone Christian School here on our campus, they're going to recite you those verses. This is their memory verse for the month. So if any one of our elementary school kids can memorize it, guess what? You can too. Amen? Amen. So I want you to memorize these verses over the next couple weeks. You want to get it into your heart. It reminds me of King David who said, your word I have hid in my heart, O Lord, that I might not sin against you. So good. So we're going to memorize this. So let's read it. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 are Jesus at street level topic over the next couple weeks. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom and to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Beautiful verses. Now, what's fascinating about these verses, and I need to say it before we really get this ball rolling, is that you have to realize that the prophet Isaiah was inspired to pen these words almost 600 years before the birth of Jesus. That's a powerful reality, isn't it? Because you read this and you're like, oh yeah, this is absolutely about Jesus. But then you realize, wait, this was written over 600 years before Jesus was born. Now, I remember when I was a young skeptic, not growing up with 
Christianity or the Bible. And, and I remember somebody saying, well, listen, man, in God's word, it tells you things that are going to happen before they happen. And that's important. And I remember being like, oh, there's, there ain't no way that stuff's in the Bible. There's no way that in the scriptures it tells us things before they happen. And I heard this thing and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just, I mean, they just wrote that stuff later. Until I did a little homework and I found out that all the scriptures that we call the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, all of them were translated from the Hebrew and Aramaic to the Greek 300 years before the birth of Jesus. That means they already had changed language and they have manuscripts from this time 300 years before the birth of Jesus. And then all of a sudden I thought to myself, the Bible is like Nostradamus. You guys remember Nostradamus? How many of you guys saw a video about Nostradamus in school? I remember I did. I was in middle school. They showed me this video about this guy who could foretell future events and I was riveted, sitting on the end of my seat, hearing about this guy. Wow, how amazing. He could tell you what's going to happen before it happens. And then I realized that my Bible is the same way. It's one of the ways that God authenticates to humanity that he is real. By saying, look, I'm going to tell you certain things that are going to happen before they happen so that you would know that I know what's going on. To put it into a really practical example, imagine if I said to you, I just grabbed you in the family room and I said, now listen, in three and a half weeks, the... Uh, the lottery is going to be $177 million. And here's the numbers that are going to come up. All right? And I give you all the numbers. Right? But you, you don't believe me. You think Fusco must have had too much coffee this morning. He's a little nutty. And then sure enough, three and a half weeks, it's $177 million. And those numbers come up. How are you going to respond to that? You're going to be like, first you're going to kick yourself that you didn't play. And then you're going to come and say, Pastor Daniel, how did you do that? And can I have the next set of numbers, please? Why? Because by doing something like that, it proves that there's something else at stake. And the reason God gives us his prophetic word with things that get fulfilled is so that we come back and say, wait, if you got that right, what else do you understand that I don't understand? And will you please fill me in? So God authenticates his message by saying, look, I'm going to show you some things that are going to happen before they happen so that you know that I know what's going on and you will show up to learn. It's powerful that this was not written after Jesus, but this was written 600 years before. So let's jump on in. Notice Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. To keep things super simple, we learn that the son is a gift. The son is a gift. For unto us a child is born. That seems pretty normal, right? A woman is with, pregnant with child, and you say, okay, a child's going to be born. But it is unique that it says, unto us a child is born. Speaks of the humanity of Jesus. But then, for unto us a son is given. That's a strange line, isn't it? Unto us a son is given. And this speaks about not only Jesus' divinity, his godhoodness, and we're going to get to that in a second, but we learn that the son is given as a gift. My friends, this might be the most important thing anybody has ever said about Jesus, is that he is God's gift for you. 
And this is why we give gifts at Christmas time. It's not just to keep our economy going forward, and it's not just to pay everyone's salary. We give gifts because we are responding to God's gift of his own son. And I'm here to tell you, everything in your life truly is a gift. Everything is a gift. The things that you really want are a gift. And the problem that you and I have is that oftentimes we forget that everything is a gift. We forget how blessed we have been, how much God has given us. You realize you didn't invent the air or the lungs that can process the air. You did not invent food or your body's ability for food. You did not invent your eyesight and your ability to behold things. You did not invent your heart beating. You just experienced the benefits. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, the fact that Jesus is a gift means everything. It means everything. See, for many of us, we realize Jesus is a gift. And Jesus, the son, was given to everybody. But there is a difference. Because when a gift is given, a gift also needs to be received. Now imagine this. Imagine I got every single one of you a gift. I wrapped it up. I put your name on it. And I said, here, I got you a gift. Some of you would be like, oh, Fusco, thanks so much. That's so kind of you. And others of you would be like, well, you know what? I really don't want your gift, Fusco. I don't trust your gift. Maybe I didn't like it. Maybe I don't want something from you. When a gift is given... A gift also needs to be received. And my friends, faith is the hands that receive the free gift of God. Faith are the hands that reach out and accept God's gift of his son, Jesus. And my question is, is have we reached out and received that gift? With the heart of faith to say, thank you, God. I believe for some of us, You're like, yeah, well, I don't really want God's gift. My question would be, why? Why? Why would you not want what God who created and sustains you wants to give you? Is there anything more foolish than that? I think for others of us, we have reached out and received that gift. But what I want to tell those of you who have already received Jesus through faith is that the key for you and I is to keep our hands wide open because we live our lives by faith as well. And so part of the Christian life is learning how to walk through life with a heart of gratitude, always receiving God's gift that is Jesus. For many of us, we received the gift of salvation, but now we're going to do our lives on our own. We're like, I've received Jesus and I've been forgiven and now I'm going to live my life based on my own ideas. That's how you end up with the spirit of being a Pharisee. The Pharisees were so good at being religious that they didn't actually need God. And many of us are like that. We have received the gift of faith and now we're like, okay, now that I got saved and Jesus saved me, now I'm going to go do what I need to do. And I've been in church so long and I've heard so much good teaching that I just know what God needs and I never have to ask. That's as bad of a place to be as of never receiving God's grace in the first place. Because notice Jesus never got upset with the unbelievers in the New Testament. He got upset with the religious people who didn't need God. So my friends, we need to learn how to cherish the gift of God. 
We need to learn how to live our whole lives with a heart of saying, thank you, Lord. Today, I am reaching out my heart once again by faith to receive the gift of Jesus because not only do we receive faith unto salvation, but it's also faith unto sanctification, the process of being changed. That doesn't happen by works. That happens by faith as well. And the Son is a gift, a glorious gift, a gift that gives and gives and keeps on giving. You know how you get those gifts from people? They're like the gift that's the gift that keeps on giving, like when your in-laws buy you for your little kid, like a 2,000-piece Lego set. Every parent knows what I'm talking about. That's like the gift. That's like, it's like the backhanded gift. Because the Lego is, is the judgment on your foot, right? You have your kids. They dump it out. You know what it's like to have to clean up 2,000 Legos every single day? Your parents know what I'm talking about, right? Because after a while, you're like, oh, forget the Lego, you know? And then you step on one later, and you start cursing your in-laws. No, not you, I would. I'm like, I'm going I'm to give them a puppy next Christmas. <laughs> Pee all over their carpet. We'll see how much they like it. But God ain't done with me yet either, so I might be the only sinner in the house. But hey. But Jesus is a gift you keeps on giving, and Jesus is constantly revealing new things to us. And we need to embrace and cherish God's gift. See, this reminds me of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Just a, a few chapters earlier, in my Bible, it's in the exact same page as Isaiah 9. It says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name... Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. See, the Lord is blessing humanity with the gift of Jesus. And my friends, we need to learn how to cherish that gift, to live our lives perpetually in gratitude of such an amazing gift. I think for many of us, we're stuck in a cycle of focusing on the things in life that we don't have rather than saying thank you for the things that we do have. So easy. How many of us, Christmas morning, maybe when you were kids, where you got the things that you wanted, and it was so exciting for like two hours. And then you go and you see your neighbor, and you're like, oh, you'll never believe what I got. I got me a hockey stick. And they're like, well, I got myself a pony. <laughs> Look at your hockey stick. Why didn't I get a pony? Or you're like, I got me a, a Hot Wheels car. And then my, your neighbor's like, well, I got me a remote control car. And then all of a sudden, the neighbor down the street actually got themselves a brand new car. And you're so big, why didn't I get the brand new car? Why, why didn't I get the remote control car? I hate my car. We need to do battle to realize that what you really need, God has already given you. In this season of gift giving, Pastor Daniel reminds you that Jesus is the greatest gift you can ever receive. Today you learn that we all need to learn to cherish this precious gift. Gratitude plays a huge part in this. When you start to focus on all the things that you don't have, how things aren't going your way, you miss out on the great gift God has given you in Jesus. Because of him, you have everything you need. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. 
I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share that the Christian faith isn't rooted in intangible, lofty theories. You'll learn that God's gift of grace to you was made real in the person of Jesus. He didn't merely think about how you could be made right with him, but he made it possible. When Jesus was born in that broken down stable in that tiny little town, God put his love in action in an incredible new way. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Humble Sacred. Until then, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas.